The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Good afternoon and welcome to One Hour at a Time. Recovery begins with education and host Mary Woods is here to educate individuals and families and provide support through the recovery process. Now here's your host, Mary Woods. Welcome everyone to One Hour at a Time. Um, We have a really uh, interesting show today. Um, Our guest today is Dr. J.R. Burns who is a psychiatrist and medical director of Lemur Integrative and Behavioral Health Medical Group, which is located in Ventura County in uh, Southern California. After Dr. Burns earned his Bachelor of Arts in Pharmacology at the University of California, Santa Barbara, I think that's what that is, he obtained his medical degree at Case Western School of Medicine. Following the completion of his psychiatric residency at USC, he was an assistant clinical professor. Dr. Burns is a noted speaker, lecturer, and expert on a wide variety of anxiety disorders, social phobias, and behavioral disorders. He and his wife, Jean, have been married for 37 years. They've raised three children and currently reside in Southern California. Um, Welcome to the show, and our discussion today is Why Men Prowl and How Not to Become Prey. Um, Thank you for joining us, Dr. Burns. How did you get involved? Interested in this topic? Yeah, I've several reasons. So one was living through what we call the Tiger Woods syndrome, and the co-author is Dr. Richards. Originally, he, had, uh, he, he approached me with the idea probably about eight years ago, and and was approached from a different different perspective than than say a psychiatrist or a physician from more so-called sociological f- phenomena, and it was, it was very impressive. And we wrote the book, and we originally called it The Mirage Man. And the, it was on hold, and uh, around October, November, uh, the um, editor, or not an editor, but the RA picked up an agent who's interested in it, and he talked to the publisher, and they said, this is the Tiger Woods Syndrome. And I, I think finding our own relationships, experiencing relationships, seeing our parents, Seeing relationships and uh, our role models and the news media uh, led us to believe that there's uh, some reason, and there's a lot that we take for granted, and we don't think about what marriage or relationships were like and how they developed uh, until we look at the history of it and uh, what we've done with it, with relationships. I think um, I read your book uh, last week, and what was really interesting for me, and I would like you to explain to our listeners how you went that you and um, your co-author uh, Dr. Richards went back and really looked at the evolution of marital relationships from pre-revolutionary times to currently. And if you could just share with your guest how um, that concept has evolved. Well, I, I, the relationships have evolved in several ways, especially in America. Um, before we're in, in time, the, the people knew who they were getting married to. Uh, they, they knew they grew up with the people. They knew the the character. They knew what the person was like. And relationships were based on character, 
are based on similarities, and they weren't so much based on romance and physical attraction as they are today. And this tended to evolve with the American Revolution. We started having freedoms, and freedoms we started can be considered the freedom of of relationships and across the differences with different different levels of society. And we started having we came up with the romance novels, talking about romance. At the same time, during the 1800s, we started thinking of romance as being attracted. Attraction became more more important. The, but we also in a different type of marriage, a marriage that was uh, where the laws were very restrictive, especially for women during those times. And the, the man controlled everything. I mean, the rules of the road said that the guy, uh, and it was almost slavery for some women if they didn't find the right guy. And a married and woman could have War, property. Yeah, property. And right. it's, it's embarrassing for, for I'm a man to think of what we've done in the past. And so it evolved in from a, from a, a, a from a relationship of being very rigid to what we call um, romantic, companionate marriage. And what companionate means people got together and they shared in responsibilities. Unfortunately, the 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 the, the we didn't have a role model for this. And you know, think about relationships um, in the 1800s. And living beyond 30 to 50 years old was that was 50 years old. Was old, and marriages were based on people having their kids, raising them, and then getting ready to die. You know, in 1950, we, we gave people a cane and put them on the front porch and waited for them to die. And, and nowadays, we're 50 years old, and we can we're talking about just starting new lives. Unfortunately, with, with the relationships, they, they've evolved. Romance became involved, was more important in the relationship. But we lost the, the component of the importance of character and honesty and personalities are, that are considered revered in our community, such as um, the CAD, the person who's sexually attractive, are kind of like the people we, we look at. Where, you know, in the 1800s, they were frowned upon. You know, someone to um, deceive a relationship to think they were getting something they weren't in order to have physical intimacy. And it, and it, 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 after you know, the gay 90s, then we had 1950s when the women uh, were back into the workforce and the, the, the freedom of, of sexuality. And the news media especially. You know, my parents are role models for me. and Their parents are role models. And the role model said that... The classic experience is that listeners have probably listened to nine and a half, excuse me, two and a half men. I mean, we laugh at two and a half men, but in a way, that's the standard. That's how we men think. And we realize that there's a, a different way of, of form, maybe developing a relationship with another human being. We, we've lost it. it. It's almost like we buy cars by what not, we buy houses and, and we, and the, 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 the plastic is more important than what's underneath, the character. I think from a historical perspective, um, you know, when we go back through history, um, I, I read a book called The Founding Mothers, and then it talks about Ben Franklin's wife. And certainly Ben Franklin was someone who fits the Mirage Man 
um, that you describe in your book, and you've described other men throughout history as well, Um, and more recently, John Edwards, Mark Sanford, um, Jesse James. Um, I mean, it, it, it just seems to be in the last five years there's been an explosion of um, awareness, and, and, and I guess once again you're talking about the media. Is it because is the media sensationalizing this? Is this as common as it seems to be? Well, I, I, fortunately, I think it's very common. Um, we see it in um, all levels of our society, uh, not just the, the famous and the politicians. I think the relationships of uh, but most people, even myself. I mean, my wife and I met in high school, went to prom. I look back and I watch Two and a Half Men and how they form relationships. I mean, that's what I thought it was about. And I'm realizing in order to get to, the, 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 to be where we are today, I realize that a relationship is based on something different. Um, it, it's, it's, it's not... And women are, are, are being sold a bag of goods that they've got to go out and find the um, Clark Gable, the the guy that uh, is the charismatic figure, and the guys that are very real, that are very honest and very sincere, are passed aside. And, and relationships, you know, are, are based on. You know, we have relationships, and probably the, the most important relationship we have is with ourselves. Um, the relationship with our spirituality, the spiritual nature of ourselves. And we, we develop this, this, this relationship with ourselves. That's where we find happiness. You know, happiness comes from within. It's not, it's not finding this guy we're going to get married to or this going out on a date. It's not buying this car. You know, we, we find that happiness. We bring that happiness to the world and to, to the people that uh, we, we meet, bring it to our job. So from a clinical perspective, um, what could you define what a mirage man is? Well, a mirage man is, is a man that develops. I think the classic mirage man, we, we, we see it in, in the movies and, in, 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 and is the, um, what was that, Groundhog's Day. And that's a classic mirage man that goes through the different phases of the Tiger Woods Syndrome. You know, the Tiger Woods Syndrome is, is, is about relationships that have evolved over generations based on artificial intimacy. And they evolve, usually evolve over several stages. And, and he's a classic. And he forms a relationship with this woman by making her believe that he's someone else. And he develops this, this mirage that he's this type of person, he does these certain things, he's He's sensitive, and it peaks at the fourth stage of the mirage of the uh, syndrome, uh, the honeymoon phase. And the honeymoon phase is this great euphoria. Now, in the movie, we'd like to believe that he's changed, but the likelihood of someone changing in that short of time is rare. And we guys, in order to form relationships, we make ourselves to be someone we're not. And then we get stuck in the relationship. And down the line, we get to the, the seventh, not the seventh stage, like the seven-year itch. We guys get to the point where we, 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 we can't keep it up anymore. We can't keep up the facade of being somebody who we're not. And also, we're afraid to allow that person who's close to us to know who we are. 
And what happens is, is, is emotional distancing. Sometimes we see certain behaviors come out, such as uh, um, certain mood disorders and sometimes hypersexual behavior. And other addictive disorders start coming out. And um, it's very unfortunate. In, in your um, book, you, you discuss how when young boys are, are kind of taught in our culture to disassociate from their feelings and that they learn to um, focus on achievement rather than maybe the internal um, self-esteem or, or your self-esteem is about what you accomplish or what you do as opposed to who you are. That's and right. It, and and we, we, we learn to... to um, Having feelings and having something deeper than, you know, learning how to, you know, talk about cars, well, we don't have any role models. It's frowned upon. Um, I remember reading, reading a book and they were talking about in Italy these guys crying and they felt comfortable crying, you know, and I, even though I know it's okay to cry, even I feel uncomfortable crying. And it's okay to have emotions and we've lost that, when we lose that, able to communicate with ourselves about emotions and experience emotions. It's this area that's undeveloped. And we and we and we bring that to the relationship. And we've got to act like John Wayne. We gotta be Clark Gable. We gotta be like Charlie and Two and a Half Men. And it, it, even it, his brother it's kind of we make jokes about him because he has feelings. Um and we'll be right back with Dr. Bruns um, after this commercial. If you have any questions for us, please give us a call. And we'll be right back after this commercial message. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Step into the doorway to conscious choice, greater health, and well-being. Attain the balance that you've been seeking. Tune in and turn on 1111 Talk Radio. Feed the mind. Embrace positively. Release the tension. Step out of fear. Host Simran Singh will help you broaden your mind and open your heart toward a greater understanding of how to take charge of your life. 1111 Talk Radio is here every Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific Time on 7th Wave Network. 1111 Talk Radio. Because shift happens. Westbridge Community Services. Westbridge is a nonprofit organization dedicated to supporting the recovery of families and individuals who experience co-occurring mental illness and substance use disorders. Westbridge provides integrated dual diagnosis treatment for adult men and women using evidence-based practices. Visit our site today at westbridge.org and discover that doing what works in helping individuals and families gain recovery from dual disorders is important to the staff at Westbridge Community Services. Westbridge utilizes current evidence-based practices, consensus practices, and old-fashioned common sense to provide treatment to individuals and families that experience co-occurring mental illness and substance use disorders. That's westbridge.org, family center recovery for co-occurring mental illness and substance abuse disorders. Can you imagine a technology that takes human consciousness to the next level? One that reveals a new understanding of what is valuable and possible in the abundant support of life? The truth is, we already have that technology. We simply need to awaken to it and become the value it creates. 
For more about this, please tune in to Awakening Value, Shamanic Technologies of Consciousness and Success with host Marty Spiegelman. Awakening Value is live every Thursday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel. Listen for the right turn with J.J. O'Malley. It's an insider's look at America's fastest-growing motorsports series, the Grand Am Rolex Sports Car Series, presented by Crown Royal Cask Number 16. You'll hear about what happened last weekend and get a preview of what's coming up next. From the Rolex 24 at Daytona through Watkins Glen International, Mid-Ohio, Laguna Seca, right up to the championship at Homestead Miami Speedway. The right turn with J.J. O'Malley, broadcast live every Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on the Power Up Motorsports Channel. A fresh look at today's health. Voice America Health and Wellness. You're listening to One Hour at a Time with host Mary Woods. If you have a question for Mary or her guests, call now. The listener lines are open. The toll-free number is 1-866-472-5792. That number again is 1-866-472-5792. Now, let's get back to Mary and One Hour at a Time. Welcome back, everyone, to One Hour at a Time. Today, our guest is Dr. J.R. Bruns, who is a psychiatrist and medical director of Lemur Integrative and Behavioral Medical Group in Ventura County in Southern California. And our topic today is why men prowl and how not to become the prey. Um, he and Dr. Ari Richards wrote a book called The Tiger Woods Syndrome to help um, men and women understand uh, this uh syndrome and this pattern of behavior that's extremely toxic and it is an illness and um, I guess I would just like to recap by just saying that um, this syndrome is is starts in childhood in many respects and that some men seem to be more prone to developing this syndrome than others because I know that not every man that I've come in contact with is like this. I know that there are um, ethical men out there who are honest and real and emote. And um, could you just share with our audience uh, who are the men who are most likely to become, um, I guess, vulnerable to this syndrome? That's a good point. The, the not all men fit into the syndrome, and what was it meant to be that way? Um, the, the, the men that are the most vulnerable are the ones the most insecure with themselves, uh, have a, uh, a role models that have set the pace for uh, how they develop relationships and how to deal with stress. And if you think about the, the, the fourth stage of the syndrome is where the guy gets burned out and he can't keep it up anymore. And the, the guy's going to fall into a pattern that's easiest for them. And especially if someone is addiction prone, they're going to fall into addictive patterns. It could be, you know, this um, compulsive sexual behavior, it could be gambling, it could be eating, it could be alcoholism. And we know that a lot of the, 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 the uh, compulsive sexual behaviors and other compulsive behaviors, there's a large number of people that have underlying uh, mood disorders and anxiety disorders. One of the things that, that comes up often is... Uh, is there a diagnosis of a sexual addiction? In a way, there's not. You know, in a way, in, in the psychiatric uh, diagnostic manual, it fits best into sexual disorders or compulsive uh, 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 disorders. 
Uh, I believe it fits best into compulsive disorders, and probably the most likely diagnosis would be compulsive sexual behavior. And compulsive sexual behavior is someone that enjoys what they're doing at that period of what they're doing. But when they stop doing it, it goes away. And there's some dysphoria later on, especially guilt. Um, and there's a drive. And I, I think in 12-step programs, we, we talk, they talk about we talk about people chasing the high. And they're chasing that high. And it's this, they get the high, but when it's over, it's gone. And it's, uh, it's, and it affects the brain cells. And it's a, a challenge to resolve. And, you know, how is a couple at that stage in their lives? What are, what are they to do? When they're, when the woman sits there and looks, that something has to change. And I think a lot of us will want to go back into the relationship and we want, we wanted to go back the way it was in the honeymoon phase. You know, and, 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 and people need, need to know that, you know, the relationship, you know, that cake is never going to taste the same. We can go back in time and be there. And the goal is is to create a new cake with a new foundation. And, and if people are able to do that, Mary, and really, I mean, really take a step back and love and forgive each other and take responsibility for their own actions, they can create a cake, and that cake they create is going to be a lot different. And the intimacy, uh, emotional intimacy, is going to be to die for, which most of us want. At least I assume most of us want. And it, it's very unfortunate that, that, that some relationships are um, sociopathic personalities, and it's, uh, it's easy to get caught up with a sociopathic personality and... Now, what is someone to do at that point? You know, when, when does, when does a, 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 someone say in a relationship, the woman say, you know, it's over, it's done, you know, it, it can't do it anymore. And some of the behaviors can be very painful uh, for the spouse. I mean, it's very painful to, 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 to feel that our spouse has been cheating on us and going out or doing other things without telling us. It's almost like we've been deceived. And it's easier said than done to get over those emotions, and they take time. And for the Tiger Woods syndrome, we're talking about us guys. And it takes time. It's not something where we just go to this meeting and uh, laying up hands and become home healed. It, it's, it takes time. And the literature for sexual addiction and most compulsive behaviors, most treatments are in the 12-step programs. I mean, we first, the, the 12-step programs are, are, are there. Um, when people get down and they, and they lost everything, uh, the 12-step programs are there. You know, when we run out of money to pay the expensive programs and those rehabs, it's the 12 steps will be there, um, and they're always there. And, well, and, in, and in using that 12-step framework, um, one of the things that I think that's really clear in your book, when talking about why men prowl is that these guys will do this no matter what the risk, and despite extreme negative consequences, they keep going back to those behaviors. And there's a hole in their soul. It's like they very much like what you hear about in 12-step meetings, and that, um, you know, that people believe, and I think women believe, too, that sexual intimacy 
is is what intimacy is, and and it's really emotional intimacy is not the same as sexual intimacy. Yeah, that's a good point, Mary. And 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 if we watch watch our, the news media, that, that's what we think. We think intimacy is sexual. It even took me a long time to, especially for men. That's the only way we can expect experience intimacy is uh, through having um, physical intimacy. And you know, I um, you talked in our first segment about the need for um, for Pete for for men in this instance to kind of go back and become spiritually grounded. And I know I've been um, working with people that have addictive disorders for over thirty years, and you know, we talk about people being morally and spiritually bankrupt, and um, and that that kept going through my mind as I was reading your book is that you know. Um, the, the need to really go back and re-find yourself is crucial, I would think, to someone's recovery. Oh yes, especially us guys. We don't have. We don't even know who we are. And uh, to go back in in that spiritual part of us. And uh, the great thing about the twelve step program, they offer a spiritual component, and they focus on the guy finding the find, finding the solution within ourselves. And I would imagine for a lot of men, that's scary. Oh, it's really scary. Oh, it's just incredibly scary. So how do women recognize a mirage man when you first meet a man? I mean, I, I, I need to believe that there are really good men still out there. So, But how do you recognize that um, a mirage man when, when you first meet them or you start to date them? Well, there's a couple. That's a good question. The The... Uh, first, I think the women need, need, need to realize is that they first need to make the decision. Do they want this to be a, a long-term relationship, or an, are they looking for something short-term to have a good time? I'm assuming most of the listeners are, are want want to have a long-term relationship. And one of the first things to, after afterward is for the woman to sit down and and realize that they're in control. I think uh, a, a lot of women. Believe, think or believe they have to act a certain way or do something. And it's very important for the woman to be safe and feel comfortable. And they set the ground rules. They set the boundaries. And that's okay. And and the, the, the next is is the to take time to get to know the person. I mean really take the time. And it, and 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 and, and wait for physical intimacy until someone get really get to know the guy, and getting to know him, get to know his, you know, we get to know um, um, the guy via seeing their relationships, who they hang out with, uh, what are their friends like, what do the friends do, who their, what's their personal family like, before really um, forming a, a physical, you know, um, a relationship, and you can learn a lot. And what's going to happen if just just doing those two things? Um, women are are going to weed out the mirage men. They're going to weed out the most toxic, the most toxic that just want the contract signed and get the home base. You know that the, the Charlie and, and two and a half men is never going to last. And the the, the other is, is is it's important for the women to realize that, the, that we talked about, I think before about the most important relationship you are going to have is a relationship with yourself. And to really find find out what you really want. What are your desires? 
You know, what are your limits, your personality? And a part of that is the spiritual part of ourselves. And they, they come hand in hand. The spiritual part of us comes hand in hand. And it's realize that, that that incredible peace that comes within, that, that happiness, the joy... is really the key to um, to a healthy relationship, not only with yourself but with someone else. And we'll be right back with Dr. Bruns in just a minute after this next commercial break. Listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. The Mayan calendar tells us that we will be entering into a 260-day opportunity for us to engage in conscious co-creation with great spirit. How will we prepare ourselves for this exciting and unprecedented time in Earth's history? Peter Tong has dedicated over 20 years of his life's work to exploring that which is beyond understanding. Peter will help increase your awareness and education on this enlightening transformation in consciousness. Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation airs live Wednesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on 7th Wave Network. Westbridge Community Services. Westbridge is a nonprofit organization dedicated to supporting the recovery of families and individuals who experience co-occurring mental illness and substance use disorders. Westbridge provides integrated dual diagnosis treatment for adult men and women using evidence-based practices. Visit our site today at westbridge.org and discover that doing what works in helping individuals and families gain recovery from dual disorders is important to the staff at Westbridge Community Services. Westbridge utilizes current evidence-based practices, consensus practices, and old-fashioned common sense to provide treatment to individuals and families that experience co-occurring mental illness and substance use disorders. That's westbridge.org, family-centered recovery for co-occurring mental illness and substance abuse disorders. At last, a radio program dedicated to helping women look fabulous and feel fabulous naturally. You'll pick up tips on natural detox, learn about the benefits of whole foods, practice stress and relaxation techniques, and learn more about health, relationships, remedies, and self-motivation. Tune in to Feel and Look Fabulous with Arena. Broadcast live every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. We promise you, it's women's time well spent. This is an important programming note from the Voice America Women's Channel. The Catherine Zox Show is moving. Our new address is Voice America, and we will be heard on Wednesdays at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern, starting Wednesday, November 19th. All of the archives will still be available through Catherine's Boombox Player. Remember, tune in to the Catherine Zox Show on Wednesdays at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern, beginning on Wednesday, November 19th, on Voice America's flagship Voice America Channel. Your life, your health, your network. This is Voice America Health and Wellness. You're listening to One Hour at a Time with host Mary Woods. If you have a question for Mary or her guests, call now. The listener lines are open. The toll-free number is 1-866-472-5792. That number again is 1-866-472-5792. Now, let's get back to Mary and One Hour at a Time. Welcome back, everyone. This is Mary Woods, and our guest today is Dr. J.R. Bruns, um, who co-authored with Dr. R.A. Richards, Why Men Prowl and How Not to Become the Prey, and they define this as the Tiger Woods Syndrome. And um, in your book, you talk about um, 
romantic rules for men. And what I'd like to do is uh, share with the rules with our listener and then have you just uh, briefly explain what the rule means. So rule number one is no dating until you drive. What do you mean by that? There, 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 there are a couple, a couple reasons for that. And this is addressed to, to uh, high school guys. Uh, the, I think there's a pressure for, for guys to feel that we have to go start dating and having to, to get involved with uh, women. And that it's okay to take time. It's okay to be friends. And it's okay to wait. And there's a lot of social pressure, peer pressure, by the, the, the guys and what we talk about in locker rooms and and the, the way we act. And a lot of times it, it, the, the, the guy needs a, a good reason. It's okay for parents to say to the guy, no dating till you can drive. And it gives them excuses. They say, well, I can't go out because uh, my parents made me or whatever. And, and, and there's a pressure for women, too, to start dating and becoming more involved. And I think that's good advice for parents to give their daughters as well. Yeah. Rule, rule number two is develop your own interests first. Yeah, it, it, it's very important. It's also for women to develop our own interests. It, it's easy for us guys to find interest in uh, the woman we're attracted to, the person we're attracted to, and to develop that interest. And it's more important that we find, and part of finding forming a relationship with ourselves. We form a relationship with things we like, you know, healthy things, activities. It could be dancing. It could be um, an activity such as uh, joining a club. And it's an activity that's for us that brings joy to us. That, and we develop that first prior to um, making up an activity that we like and we really don't. Right, just to please someone else so that you can have a physical relationship with them or an emotional relationship with them. Yes, and, and how many of us guys play football not because we like it, but because you know that's the thing to do. If we play football, even if we don't like football, we're gonna we're gonna be, be the, the we're, we're gonna be able to have relationships, and the women are gonna like us. Right. Rule number three is dance before you date. I like that one. The dance before you date. Yeah, the um, there's a, a lot of guys, especially as we get older, when we experience that. Uh, I think referring to the, the there's guys that that uh, go, go to dance clubs. I right? there's a lot of um, um, activities that are related to dancing that are so enjoyable, and guys will go out and and dance not because they want to learn how to dance, but because they want to meet a woman. And it's uh, very common that, uh, see, a lot of women, they love to dance. They met this guy dancing, and once the guy uh, meets them, the dancing's all over. Right. They don't get back, they don't get it, they don't go for it. And I find that very interesting. And you also say in the book that if you do take social dancing, um, you men can learn how to treat a woman with respect and courtesy as well. Well, that's very important. Yeah, that's right. Guys, guys, you guys need to realize is that to be able to experience intimacy, physical intimacy, such as dancing, and realize that it's just okay to experience that closeness of dancing, that closeness of the physical contact, and it's okay, and it doesn't mean um, that this is the person we love 
or this is the person we're going to have this experience with. To have that uh, contact with another person and how to be gracious and and uh, and be able to interact on a, in a way it's 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 a physical and an emotional intimacy um, when when we dance with someone, especially intimate dancing. Rule number four is understand the law of sine curves. Yeah, the sine curves, especially for us guys, we don't realize when it's over and that it's okay. Women. Uh, Guys have a hard time accepting the fact that uh, that the relationship has a beginning and a relationship has an end. We get to know each other, and the woman likes us. And there's a time that the woman decides that it's not that they don't like us, but they decided that they don't have uh, an interest that's going to go beyond friendship. And it drops off that interest. And to be able to accept the fact that the woman's that the girl's going to say no. Or not know, but to, to say that you know it, it's it's the the the, 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 the potential for a long term um, intimate relationship is not going to happen, and it must be hard for women to let guys know this. But instead, they just lose interest. And there's a, a good many guys out there that aren't able to deal with it. They yeah. they get out and they're going to want to. Um, uh, uh, not accepted. Right. And a part of forming relationships and meeting people is to accept that there's people that that aren't going to be the person that's going to be with us forever. And that's okay. I, I think that's hard for women to end relationships, too. I think women feel just as inadequate sometimes in ending relationships. Um, rule number five is no kissing or hugging on the first date. Yeah, that's it. Uh, Delayed. Get to know each other first for the physical intimacy. Okay. Rule number six: Avoid the prom syndrome. Yeah, the, the prom syndrome is is uh, the drama. The drama of the first date, uh, taking someone to an expensive place, spending lots of money that we don't have, that we can't really afford. Making that person or trying to develop the ideas in, in, in the date that they're going to think we're somebody else. And it's seductive as well. I mean, um, going on a first date and having somebody spend a lot of money on you, is it's very seductive. Yes, it is. Um, number seven, uh, give the relationship time to develop. That's kind of a no-brainer, but I guess we don't do it, do we? No, we don't. This is really just important to give it time. I, I, I tell people to go out and for become friends with them first. You know, become a friend, and and, and uh, I think and well, maybe learn. I've told some people to go out and learn something together. Why don't you get to take yoga together, take a dance class together, and learn to get to know each other in a group. I, and, and also what you say um, in the book is that the ultimate goal of a healthy dating is to find someone who who accepts your naked self. Yes, and it's, uh, sometimes uh, Dr. Richard says that to women, are you re- do you really want to know what's behind those blue eyes? <laughs> you know, and, and women, are they really to see in the, these guys that are vulnerable? And, and it's hard for, guys, for us guys to cry in front of somebody. Right. We think we're not supposed to. Rule number eight is four-hour phone calls do not mean a thing. 
Yeah, that, that, that was, I thought that was that was kind of cute. The, the four-hour phone calls, staying on the phone. But if we talk a long, long time with someone, it doesn't mean they like us. And uh, especially for high school guys and some young college kids, that the long phone call really doesn't mean that this person is uh, connected to us. It, all it is is a phone call sometimes. And we try to make things bigger than what they are. And sometimes you're just talking to somebody who likes to hear themselves talk, not especially to you, but just because they like to hear themselves talk. <laughs> yeah, something. Yeah, that's what we talk about in the book. That this is, and, and we, I know people like that, but just part of it's nervousness. Rule number nine, which I think I think this would have been a great name for your book. There is no honeymoon. <laughs> that that is su- such an important concept throughout the book. There is no honeymoon. You know that that incredible high that that we believe we're supposed to have. It's also we use it in, in the in the fourth stage of the of the um, four stages of the Tiger Woods syndrome is the honeymoon. And the honeymoon is is, is the high, and where we tend to exclude all other people from it. Um, and we really can't. And I think as he talks in the book, which I it's interesting that. To find that, you know, back in the 1800s and earlier, there were no honeymoon. The, the people, the honeymoon was, was uh, if there was a honeymoon, it was more getting to know the family. It was more... Everybody went. Yeah, everybody went. And everybody, it was more of a, a getting to know each other and getting to know the, 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 the person's family and the person's friends. And we developed this honeymoon where it's isolation. And... Some guys will do it purposefully or hopefully not. Uh, sometimes unknowingly is isolating women. And we think of some of the severe sociopaths, which we weren't talking about in the book, is sociopaths will isolate the woman into kind of a, which is kind of a bit of a honeymoon type of uh, 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 situation to isolate the woman where they don't have contact with their friends and she doesn't have contact with his friends. Or that the or the other case is is that the man will give up his friendship just to be who he thinks the woman wants him to be, and it ultimately ends up resenting her because That's she can't one. meet all those needs. Yeah, we we they, we guys that will we'll give up the four stages. We're giving up. That's right. We've given up ourselves to be someone who we're not. We've given up the things that we like that we don't like that were things that we like to do, and. It's okay for the honeymoon, but after the honeymoon, uh, we guys, we just can't keep it up. The mirage, it, it, comes, it comes crumbling down upon us. Um, when I first was married, uh, my, uh, my mother-in-law sat down with me, and I come from a very Irish Catholic alcoholic family, which people either emoted a lot or they didn't emote at all. And my mother-in-law was a very staid Methodist, and she shared with me that she and her husband had never had an argument in all the time they were married. And I sat there thinking, oh, my God, I hope you don't have that expectation for your son. But um, she ultimately died from a very rare form of cancer in her 60s, and her husband passed away from heart disease. And I often think to myself how... You know, how they both tried so hard to be the good person that they kind of lost themselves in the process and their health. But um, 
Number 10, which is a really quick one, write a letter to end the casual dating relationship. That's a different concept. Staying up front with the person rather than want to write a letter and, and be direct. But not a text message, right? Uh, well, I guess the, the text message would work. <laughs> my, my daughter got one of those. It, wasn't, it was, was not the way to do it. <laughs> Um, all right, we'll be right back for our final segment with Dr. Bruns um, after this next commercial. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Westbridge Community Services. Westbridge is a nonprofit organization dedicated to supporting the recovery of families and individuals who experience co-occurring mental illness and substance use disorders. Westbridge provides integrated dual diagnosis treatment for adult men and women using evidence-based practices. Visit our site today at westbridge.org and discover that doing what works in helping individuals and families gain recovery from dual disorders is important to the staff at Westbridge Community Services. Westbridge utilizes current evidence-based practices, consensus practices, and old-fashioned common sense to provide treatment to individuals and families that experience co-occurring mental illness and substance use disorders. That's westbridge.org, Family Center Recovery for co-occurring mental illness and substance abuse disorders. Step into the doorway to conscious choice, greater health, and well-being. Attain the balance that you've been seeking. Tune in and turn on 1111 Talk Radio. Feed the mind. Embrace positively. Release the tension. Step out of fear. Host Simran Singh will help you broaden your mind and open your heart toward a greater understanding of how to take charge of your life. 1111 Talk Radio is here every Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific Time on 7th Wave Network. 1111 Talk Radio. Because shift happens. Two views, different topics, questions, answers, news, and advice. You'll want to check out Ecoman and the Skeptic live from Philadelphia University. Every week, join hosts Rob Fleming and Chris Pastor as they tackle a different topic on sustainability. You'll hear all sides of the issue supported by guests who provide valuable insights. Get ready to be engaged, educated, and entertained when you tune into Ecoman and the Skeptic. Broadcast live every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Green Talk. Network. The World Health Organization estimates that 50 to 80 million people worldwide are facing infertility today. For most of them, this news is devastating. It's time for Gifted Journeys. This innovative program, hosted by Wendy Wilson, president of a highly successful California-based egg donation agency, will take you beyond the traditional family and introduce you to alternatives such as IVF, egg donation, surrogacy, and adoption. You'll hear from experts and those who have walked the path. Tune in to Gifted Journeys, Thursdays at 12 noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern, on Voice America Health and Wellness. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. You're listening to One Hour at a Time with host Mary Woods. If you have a question for Mary or her guests, call now. The listener lines are open. The toll-free number is 1-866-472-5792. That number again is 1-866-472-5792. Now, let's get back to Mary and One Hour at a Time. Welcome back, everyone, to One Hour at a Time. This is Mary Woods, and our guest today is Dr. J.R. Bruns, who is a 
psychiatrist and medical director of Lemur Integrative and Behavioral Medical Group in Ventura County in Southern California. And we've been talking for this last hour about why men prowl and how not to become the prey. And I guess in the nutshell, the best answer here is that both men and women really have to find out who they are themselves, that that when we get into relationships and we try to please another person because we think that's who they want us to be or who they need us to be, then ultimately we end up betraying ourselves, and then we end up betraying all the people who love us or who we're associated with. And that um, when we talk about healing the Mirage Man, um, in your book, Dr. Bruns, you say the key to any real healing for the Mirage Man is in his rediscovery of the true self. Could you explain that? It's rediscovering the true self. And for for some of us, it, it, it's it's uh, it's uh, a major journey. And I, I think I've heard you know, about relationships, and they say the most heard people say the most important ingredients are the part of a relationship is what we learn about ourselves in the relationship. And that ultimate relationship, as we said earlier, was the relationship with ourselves. And it's understanding ourselves. It's 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 being honest with ourselves. And you talk in your book, too, about an honest appraisal of his early life. Why is that so important? The, the different parts of the earlier life, one is the, 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 the growing up and the role models we had and the choices we made to that led us up to developing the relationships the way we have. And we could be dishonest, and a lot of us guys well, don't even know we're dishonest. We think we're doing we're doing what we're supposed to do. And it's learning to go back and realize that there's another way of doing it. There's another way of being honest. And the other thing to remember is, I think, especially with a lot of compulsive behaviors, or someone's in the fourth stage of the uh, syndrome, is is to it's just, a lot of times it's a symptom of a problem. And the correction of that problem is going to come from us changing ourselves. So and it could be depression. It could be a mood disorder. Um, in your book, you talk about resentments. And what role does resentments play for? Um, well, the, 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 a lot of us guys, when we've given up ourselves, the things that are important to us, to participate in this relationship, there's a resentment and anger that we've given it up. And which we didn't talk too much about in the book is that if guys look beyond that resentment and anger, sometimes especially guys, that anger can be an easy way to experience emotions and the real, real emotion behind the anger and resentment is sadness and being hurt, the feeling that we've given up ourselves. And unfortunately, the, the, the spouse can experience that anger, the anger that's directed towards them, hopefully not, but it, most, a lot of times it is. The, in, a, in someone's finding themselves, they first realize that it's a symptom of a problem, and they want to be safe, they want to be healthy, it's important to, to have a medical evaluation 
it's it's important to have a psychological evaluation. Through a lot of other other uh, exacerbating or causes of, of of some of the symptoms that the person has, and and then to proceed for that point, usually in psychotherapy, we really pursue. And I think, as I mentioned earlier, for compulsive behaviors, we know that um, the therapy that that has been uh, that that has the most research or the, the most uh, um, 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 work being done is the 12-step programs. And the 12-step programs are ideal because it, it's they they find it's a relationship with the self and it's spiritual. And that spiritual part of ourselves is so different for each one of us. At the same time, it's important for us to understand it and find some way for us to experience it, feel comfortable. And I think it's really important for our listeners to understand that we're not talking about religion. We're talking about our our values and our beliefs and um, and how we see ourselves in, in the universe and to understand that there's a power greater than us, whether it's the universe or God, however you cho- choose to um, understand him or her, and that um, the 12-step movement came out of a spiritual movement in the 1890s called the Oxford Group, and so that throughout history, people have been looking and searching for um, a way to kind of fill that hole in their soul, and that um, and that a spiritual-type program is certainly been the most effective way for a lot of people to do that. But it's also important to understand that there's a biological component to this as well, that um, that there's a whole neurochemistry to this kind of behavior. Yes, there is, isn't there, Mary? Yes. And I, I think it's, it's also important that people understand, you know, I used to feel that people went on beyond the honeymoon phase and got onto the regular task of uh, living the day-to-day life that became humdrum and it was uh, boring. And, and my experience is the opposite. When someone gets beyond this, and able to experience joy with themselves and the joy of the relationship. And the relationship, that it, 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 their, their joy is not dependent upon the relationship. There is an incredible intimacy that, is, that, 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 that it's so much more depth than the superficial intimacy. And being able to be honest about who you are and what your feelings are and be true to that is so liberating. Yes, it is. And, and it's interesting, I mentioned that hole we have in ourselves, and a lot of times it's that hole that drives us into the, to find solutions or find escapes from it, that hole, without realizing that the, the, the solution comes from within ourselves. Right, right. And how many times do we see people, um, you know, they're, they'll go out and they'll buy things or they'll, they're from one activity to the next, and it's like they can't stand still and experience themselves because they can't tolerate it, you know. So it's always on to the next thing, whether it's a person, place, or thing. And it's just, um, it's sad, but it's good to know that people can recover from this and that men can stop prowling and women don't have to be prey to that behavior. And so the name of your book is called The Tiger Woods Syndrome, Why Men Prowl and How Not to Become the Prey. And it's written by Dr. J.R. Bruns and Dr. Ari Richards. How can people get a hold of you? And it's about email or? However you would like them to get a hold of you. 
email is at jrbruns at lamermedical.com. Thank you. And thank you for this really interesting discussion today. And enjoyable, Mary. Thank I've you. I enjoyed talking to you. Have a good week, everybody. Appreciate you joining us today for one hour at a time. Successful recovery from a substance abuse problem or mental illness depends on education and support of loved ones. Thank you for being that support system. Be sure to tune in next week for another hour of education and compassion. One hour at a time. We'll see you next week.